Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, a story of spiritual awakening, spiritual communication, healing, universal energy, and a guide to soul awareness and intuition. Today I am delighted to welcome Donna M. and radical ethics and her efforts to fight climate change thoughtfully by caring for the earth and its inhabitants everywhere, addressing and giving us all encouragement to think about the importance of these necessary changes. Hello, Donna, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, Cheryl. Donna, as listeners for Healing from Within, well know. My guests and I share intimate experiences and our awareness of life in all its complexities, and our hope is to uh, become further aware of the real purpose of life, human nature, and ways we interact with each other and the planet in metaphysical searches and ways we can become more aware of who we are and how to improve life individually and collectively. In today's episode of Healing from Within, we will talk about the tendency of clinicians, healers, and government workers to avoid the warnings this time of crisis and our engagement with human suffering as we now face the inextricably bound together crisis of global warming and massive social injustices. We will look for ways to develop radical ethics of responsibility to truly awaken to climate change and bring professional involvement for demanding change from government. Dr. Orange is a psychoanalyst and philosopher living in California who teaches at the NYU postdoctoral program and the Institute for the Psychoanalytic Study of Subjectivity in New York. She is the author of several books and her most recent, Nourishing the Inner Life of Clinicians and Humanitarians. And it's a topic I would love to talk about. Donna, I always love to ask my guests to think back to a memory a time, a place, a person from their earlier days of value, perhaps, and see what may have been the clue to who they would become and what they would value in their adult life. So think back for a minute, because it all starts in the beginning. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I suppose, I, I think that is very much true. I think probably a lot of my early memories are um, come from the berry and bean fields where I was a childhood farm worker uh, in the in Oregon, um, and so we were very very close to the earth um, in in a certain sense. Uh, you know, every day connected to the weather and the soil and the fruit and uh, dependent on each other for everything. But also we were in the next 
field to the Mexican farm workers um, that we were not supposed to interact with in any way. And so I would suppose that, yes, some of the uh, hardworking conditions of my childhood combined with an awareness that there were others, you know, who suffered much more. Uh, it was probably an important early uh, early experience. Absolutely. And things are no different now. There's a, the main right. issues. The main issues we're all dealing with are to understand how some uh, can have so much education and so much room to develop both their spiritual and their intellectual capacities and still not be able to merge the differences across this planet to help those who so need it. Yeah, where is the empathy yes. and the love? It was there in you as a child and in me also. In different ways, I saw people being hurt and abused, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Here were adults who were not able to express themselves with those feelings of empathy, and I, as a child, had nothing but that, as most children do. So, That's uh, right. Yeah, this is what we're dealing with. So uh, domination and people who need to be loved no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, no matter where they come from or what work they do or what religion they have. So, Donna, let's go on to why did you write Climate Crisis? psychoanalysis, and radical ethics. How do they all relate to each other, and what can be achieved well, I, by bringing these thoughts together? I had been working as a psychoanalyst for 30 or 35 years after I had taught philosophy before that. And in 2014, I went to the book table at a very big psychoanalytic conference and looked at all the books and there was not one single book that said anything about climate in the in a very large psychoanalytic conference so I walked over to my publisher who with whom I have a good relationship and said what's up with this why are psychoanalysts not writing about climate change and she said, I don't know. And I said, well, if I write you something about this, will you publish it? And she said, yes. So I put my two previous areas in philosophical ethics and in psychoanalytic thinking, especially about unconsciousness, together with the urgent emergency situation we are all facing with the climate and tried to say something. And the more I worked on it, the more it became clear to me that the connections are there and, and that psychoanalysts really do have something to contribute here. Well, absolutely. Uh, climate unconsciousness, as it has been, and compulsive consumerism <laughs> – uh, yeah, uh, you know, which is out of control, uh, just shows yeah. us uh, that it's the responsibility of all of us to take a look at how we're living 
and 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 what we're showing our children. You came from, uh, you know, a place of of beauty and peace and goodness, and you were roaming free in nature at a time when things were better than they are now, right? And my happiest times were when I went to the Catskill Mountains, and I did the same. Uh I was free to see the clearness of the water and the sky and go berry picking, and everything seemed Mm -hmm. right. But we've gotten away from all that, and we don't respect it anymore. We don't honor it, and we don't treasure it, and that's been part of the problem. We have more... But it seems that we have less, and as a result, there's more illness, more problems for us to address quite rapidly now than ever before. So let's go on to, you wrote this, psychotherapy, though more alert now to our responsibility to the world's most vulnerable people, more conscious of our solidarity with those who suffer, seems to be working largely in a bubble. Climate change has already, scientists tell us, in the most urgent voices they can find, becomes an emergency, threatening to overwhelm all attempts to stem the primarily human-created disaster. Still, we as psychoanalysts, as most people, work quietly and faithfully on living as we always did, driving to work, flying to conferences, watering our lawns, eating and consuming mindlessly. Meanwhile, most political and financial leaders conspire to hide ominous truths, no longer simply inconvenient, but dire, and we allow ourselves not to notice. Well, that's the reason you wrote the book. Yes. Yeah. It's only gotten worse. Yes. Yeah. I wrote those words. Yeah, like, yeah, go go on. We heard this week that the the report on climate change that the government agencies together put out every four years was in danger of being hidden by the government this year so that the New York Times had to leak it to the press because they were so afraid that no one would get to see it in the form that the scientists uh, wrote it. Well, that's... And the Department of Agriculture now has a new rule that the words climate change may not be used. Well, that's like everything so... else that's politically correct. All the words are being taken away, as are some of our freedoms. Now, this is not right, yes. and there are people like you and I and many talking up Because many of our politicians, unfortunately, are living in the past. They are not thinking strategically or out of the box. I just did a show with Dr. Julia Sloan about strategic thinking. And Mm -hmm. things are going to change drastically. And they have to. Our way of life is not working as, as it should be and for enough people as it will. Of course, there'll never be perfection. We know that. We don't expect that. Uh, But we know that uh, we can't wait much longer to make some of these necessary changes. And thank you for just saying that, because I'm going to go on to saying 
never being very political myself, I have over mm-hmm. I have over the last few years seen a lack of moral justice by many world leaders, pharmaceutical companies, government, and and I believe many have been listening, observing, and uh, I have been listening, observing, and, and learning how to use my intuitive healing work and spiritual awareness to help our troubled nation and the world. So I think you are concerned about this, and we're addressing this lack of awareness or judgment that is so needed. And you wrote, Donna, having received extensive education and training, including mandatory personal analysis to prepare us for our work, we have, I believe, also acquired responsibility to be leaders, moral, if not scientific, in confronting the global crisis we are living. We possess the intellectual and communal resources to take on this responsibility. So far, however, we have been resoundedly silent. Whether Where are the psychoanalysts? Whether rightly or wrongly, uh, do we consider ourselves intellectual leaders in psychotherapy and in understanding human motivation? And perhaps we have learned nothing from the example of Sigmund Freud, who, blinded by his passion for his work, his love for his enlightened German culture and his need to be as important as uh, other people, could not see that he and his Jewish family, as well as psychoanalysis, faced mortal danger. So what has changed in history? Nothing. Not so much. Yeah. Not so much. We have become expert shoulder shruggers. You know, even if we see what's going on, that this is the hottest year in history, and last year before that was the hottest year in history, we are saying, but what can I do? You know, it as if uh, as if that uh, exonerates us from responsibility for not doing every last thing we can and not calling our leaders to account. We are going down much faster than most people realize. The scientific community is extremely alarmed about this and can explain to us in great detail what's happening with the oceans, what's happening with the Arctic ice sheets, what's happening with the coastal areas that are uh, swamping towns and cities all over the world. And again, it's the most vulnerable people who can't easily move, who are being hurt already. And, And the turning of so much land into desert is creating millions of refugees all over the world. Well, yes, the, and, yeah, Donna, just the other night, last night, for example, I turned on the television, and there's Spain, and a boatload of immigrants coming from Africa, just walking onto the beach and disappearing up the hill, and it's happening all over the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's because of yeah. the social and economic and climate changes. And things are not, yes. not, and it is very critical. You know, in my new book, which is not finished yet, New Life Awaits, Creating Our Best Afterlife by Living Consciously, I'm an intuitive healer, 
and a medium, and mm-hmm. I and I download a lot of information to help people un- understand their life uh, journey and how to live it more courageously and more joyously. Mm-hmm. So I address this need we're talking about and uh, how to contribute to humanity's evolution. And I wrote, perhaps the values and dreams from earlier times, cultures, and societies have been reinvented with less moral intent, just like the political, economic, and social structures being addressed in our past 2016 presidential election. The American people are ordinarily demanding changes uh, to present to present uh, corrupt political elitist ruling class practices. Now, I'm not addressing the people, but the practices that do not allow yeah. simple, kind, good values to be honored. As we question what we want in life and what is truly the criteria for success, we are discovering that people embroiled in only a materialistic approach to life, either forgetting or never having considered their equally important spiritual needs for love, compassion, to be of service to others, and to be free from greed, have become disconnected and dissatisfied. And that's what you yeah. and, and I are talking about here. It crosses it all, sure all, all lines, all professions, all groups of people. The need to finally realize how out of tune we are with our original uh, philosophy in this country, which is the best ever given to the world by spirit to be an example for the world to live honorably and uh, equally uh, with all people. So, Donna, you wrote, (laughs) I like this very much, we can call out the more selfish of the defenses that keep us avoidant and name the forms of traumatic shock that keep us too paralyzed to respond appropriately. We can help with the processes of mourning, not only the remembered ways of life, but also the loss of many kinds of hope and certainty for the future. Together we may be able to find paths out of the magical thinking and evasions of our past and present and into a shared future that will be simpler, humbler, more communal, mm-hmm. more reverent toward our Mother Earth and toward each other. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what we're hoping people will begin yes. to see. But let's go on to uh, some of the basic attitudes in Europe and North America have brought us to this crisis and also have kept it hidden from us. So um, let us merge some of the problems that brought on the climate situation, climate change, and what we're going to do to start to make improvements. Right. You know, we talked, one of the things that we uh, really have to confront is our individualistic way of thinking and responding to things. You know, that goes way back in our intellectual and cultural history. It's, It's one thing to say all men are created equal, you know, that we're... That, that which is an incredibly important statement. 
But we are not just individuals. We are community, and we affect each other. We're related to each other. And that, that we think of ourselves as individuals makes us think that we can act as if what we do didn't have terrible consequences for other people for which we're responsible. And it started with colonialism and slavery and coming over here to this country and taking the land that belongs to other people. I mean, I'm living in Maine right now this summer, and I was horrified to read up on Maine and read that the history of Maine began with the French and the English. And I said to myself, where did names like Penobscot and Kennebec and all like that come from if the French and the English were the first people here. I don't think so. They weren't the I first, don't... of course. Yeah, not they the were first. Not the... No. Yeah, no. The the we as a as a culture here in the US and in Canada and Australia and all of the colonialist um you know, places yeah. have never owned up to the crimes by which our countries were created. Yeah. To the and and as a result, we don't see that we're still perpetrating crimes on more helpless people all over the world by our consumerist way. Right. And our sense that we can have more and more and more. So my book is intended to make some of those connections between the historical sense of entitlement and individualism and the way we're living now and why we can't see what we're doing to our planet. Mm. Absolutely right. We are individuals and we are imbued with great spiritual gifts and in energy, as energy beings, having a physical life. We are equal in energy, but unfortunately in the physical world, we are not equal in talent, ability, in ways we live, as you said, respecting each other. And that is where the problem comes in. We have to remember that we're more than the physical. And in knowing that, we have to delve deep within into our heart essence, our intuition, our guidance system that connects us to each other by energy. And that is the way, and probably the only way, we're going to come out of this mess that we're in. So let's go on to... And and by the way, Cheryl, the Native peoples knew all these things that you're saying. Absolutely. And I didn't know these things until about 20 years ago when I started to have uh, mystical experiences and, and an awareness that we're more than, than the physical world. And then my respect and love for the people who always cherish this God-given intuition to guide us uh, grew by leaps and bounds. And I, and I didn't have that before. I was aware of this. And many people are just not awakened to this higher consciousness yet. And perhaps all that's happening now is a way that spirit sees for us for more people to awaken. Perhaps that's the reason so much of this is happening. That could be. 
Let's hope so. Yeah, I'm, hope I, I'm so. going to I'm going to dream it so. I'm going to pray it so. I'm going to love it so. And many of us are going to try to do that. Now, you allude to the Pope and his hopes for dealing with climate change, but you also address the fact that most religions uh, did not see the inequality of the structure of their hierarchy. And, you know, for thousands of years, uh, women have not been, there's been silence or injustice in regard towards women. You did, you did mention that. You could say that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I am saying that because this new Pope Francis has been very good in bringing about a lot of awareness and change, and I am very pleased with with his work. But uh, I will be very much more pleased in the future uh, when that injustice towards women all over the world is in balance to understanding the equality yeah. of our energy. But getting back to one more very important question is, um, doing not enough about carbon uh, means at least a 4% warming toward the end of this century, and there will be catastrophic effects if we don't stop that from happening. So what are some of the conditions we're seeing now that show where it's going, and then what are we going to do to start to reverse this? You were talking about the okay. heat waves and the... Yeah, go on. The heat waves, the floods, the, yeah. the... I mean, the extreme weather events, but also just the rise in the ocean levels and the warming of the ocean. The Great Barrier Reef, one of the most incredible life forms in the world off of the coast of Australia, is almost completely destroyed now already. There are... There are things that are happening very, very fast right now, faster than the climate science even predicted. And the, yes, the 4% warming thing is a complete catastrophe, but even 2% is really, really dangerous. And that's why the Paris Accords went for 1.5. But to, to get ourselves to a 1.5, thing, we have to almost stop putting carbon into the atmosphere immediately. That would mean shifting immediately to renewable sources of energy for heating our houses and cooling our houses and running our machines and, and running our transportation. It would also mean shifting away from eating animal uh, protein, almost uh, certainly at least red meat, which puts an enormous amount of methane into the atmosphere, which is uh, even more dangerous than the fossil fuel. So I want to thank yes. you, Donna. I want to thank you, Donna M. Orange, for tackling a tremendously challenging look at climate crisis, psychoanalysis, and radical ethics as a way to understand how we must deal with the challenges of world shifts in population due to these tragic climate and political upheavals. And for more information and to purchase climate crisis, psychoanalysis, and radical ethics, go to DonnaOrange.net. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have seen that throughout history, 
we have had to grapple with human suffering and people intent on preserving their own life and lifestyle, often without consideration or with limited human capacity uh, for compassion and empathy for others. We have learned that such behavior ultimately leads to tragedy at a personal and collective level. Fear is the motivating emotion that clouds or obliterates our true inner divine nature, which is to nurture our planet and our people. Donna shared in her book, Humanism, both in its Christian, religious, and in its secular, non-theistic manifestations, is characterized by faith in man, in his possibility to develop to ever higher stages in the unity of the human race in tolerance and peace and in reason and love as the forces which enable man to realize himself to become what he can be Don and I would have all those listening to reconsider some of their former thoughts on why we act towards others who are different with hostility and lack of civility and ask you to remember how it feels to be alone, unsure of your survival, and hopeful that there will be human and divine intervention. Then it will be possible for you to rid yourself of preconceived or learned interpretations of self-survival at the expense of all others, and will open your heart and mind to better possibilities and hopes for helping others to overcome their human challenges. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and I invite you to visit my website and listen to leaders in the field of spirituality, science, medicine, metaphysics, religion, psychology, education, and the arts and music. Seek to discover and realign to ways of living purposefully, courageously, and lovingly improving ourselves and the world. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.